welcome to the Yaretzvi Podcast. This is Parshas Chayasara Tavshin Pei Gimel. I'd like to dedicate this week's podcast to Keith and Sarah Kavsky as a thanks for a wonderful Shabbos as scholar in residence in Richmond, Virginia. I returned home <coughs> inspired by the family you built, by what you're accomplishing, and by your wonderful, wonderful Kehillah. It's a parsha, and you notice it, and you start thinking about it. Avram Avinu sends a shliach, a messenger, to find a wife for um, Yitzchak. That messenger, of course, is Eliezer. And Avram Avinu cautions this messenger. Avram Avinu told Eliezer, Shamer, go ahead and be very, very careful that take this woman from the place where she is, but my son, do not bring him back to that world. The couple settles here, they don't go there. Now, Many of us turn our noses at out-of-town Shaduchim. We want our kids local, we want them here for Shabbos and Yantif, we want them here for Erev Shabbos Kugel, but this is not what it's about. This is Avram Avinu. There's much more to it than that. And truth be told, if you think about it, was anyone really envisioning Yitzchak leaving Avram Avinu and leaving Eretz Yisrael to go back to that world of Avodah Zarah? to settle in that world of idolatry? Was that really on the horizon? Was that a possibility? Couldn't have been that way. No one did that. Back then, the norm was that the young woman, the Kala, always settled near her husband. That's the way it was. And inheritance puts it in perspective. The man inherited, the woman didn't. Inheritance was primarily land because a man was rooted near his parents. And the woman was not. You certainly didn't want her owning land that she wasn't going to farm, that her family wasn't going to farm. Because if that would have been the case, then what would have happened is that they would have had sharecroppers, and no one wanted that. We wanted a society where everyone owned their own land, where farming wasn't delegated out, where it wasn't a business where you had owners and serfs and lords and serfs. We just didn't want that. So um, the man stayed near his heritage, near his family, near his extended world, his old world, and it was his land that the family kept, and they farmed it. And it's even the language, it's even the etymology. Rav Hirsch, who focused on this very, very much, and, and had tremendous insights, notes that the word chasen connects with chut, the chasen connects the young woman that he's marrying to his family, and kalas kelish, he's enclosed within the home, she's taken from her world, and sequestered in his. And so, in a world in which the chasen always stayed with his parents, and the kala always left her parents, why in the world would anyone envision that Yitzchak would leave Avram Avinu to go to a faraway land, the land of Ovdi Avodazara? And Kedusha Sa'aretz, would he leave that? And a widowed father, an elderly widowed father, would he leave that? Look at the Torah, Teisha. What does the Torah tell us? Not long before we discussed the passing of Terach. And the truth is, we mentioned the passing of Terach at an advanced age, well before we talk about Avram Avinu traveling to Eretz Yisrael. Even though the reality was, was that Terach passed on long after Avram Avinu came to Eretz Yisrael. It's not in order, it's not in sequence, it's totally out of sequence. Why this change? Why are things not in order? So, of course, the Torah is not in chronological order, right? That's a general rule that we accept. But there's an order. It's the Torah. It makes perfect sense. Why is it taken out of order? So you might remember what Rashi goes ahead and tells us. What does Rashi over there go ahead and say? 
Rashi says we want to cover. You know, if the Torah would record that Avram Avinu left his hometown when his father was still alive, it just would have seemed inappropriate. It shouldn't be hadavraham You don't want the matter publicized and discussed. Everyone's going to go ahead and say that Avram Avinu was mekayim kibir avaim. He left his father as an elderly man. We're not going to highlight that. So we, we put things in a, in, in a convoluted order. We first mention Terech passing on. We then mention Avram leaving his ancestral land to make it seem to the person who's reading it topically <coughs> that first Terech had passed on, and then Avram Avinu traveled on. But that wasn't what happened. Avram Avinu left, but we cover, because it's not what you're supposed to do. Avram Avinu did it because the Kaddish Baruch Hu wanted him to go, so this is what he had to do. But would anyone envision Yitzchak leaving his father as an elderly man, leaving Eretz Yisrael, leaving Kedusha's Aretz, to go back to the world of Avodah of idolatry that his father had left, in a world where a son always stayed near his parents anyway, where that was the norm as proven by Yerusha, just as we mentioned before. So the Barbanel steps in and says... No, the fear wasn't that Yitzchak would leave his father and settle in another land. That wasn't the Havamina. No one would have thought of that. The fear was was that Yitzchak would go to choose his wife. Yitzchak would go for the initial marriage ceremony. Yitzchak would leave for a while. And that alone was enough for Avram to go ahead and caution his servant to tell him, no, my son can't leave even for that. Leaving long term, no one's thinking about that. That's not on the horizon, that's not on the agenda. But even leaving short term, he can't do that. And why not? So here too, we're told the reason is he's an Ayla. He has a certain Kedusha. He can't leave Eretz Yisrael. What is an Ayla? He was a Korban, he was a sacrifice, almost a sacrifice. He was brought up on the Akedah. That designated him, that made him special. He can't leave Eretz Yisrael. And this is what we're raised with, and this is what we're taught. I'd like to go ahead and analyze this and take it one step further. For sure, for sure, for sure, Ayla means that there's a Kedusha, there's a holiness, vis-a-vis Hashem, vis-a-vis HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that stays, and that's just the reality, and he can't leave Eretz Yisrael. But perhaps, perhaps, at least homiletically, there's also a Kedusha holiness vis-a-vis his father, vis-a-vis everything around him. Avram Avinu had sacrificed so much, he had sent Yishmael away. That wasn't simple, that was difficult for him. Why did he send Yishmael away? Because of Yitzchak. This is what had to be done. The two boys couldn't be together. Sarah had died, but why had Sarah died? The story about Sarah's death happens right after the Akedah, right after the Torah story about Yitzchak almost being sacrificed, which lends itself to the assumption that Sarah died because of the Akedah. A reaction, fear, joy, so many different readings. But she heard about the Akedah, she heard that her son was sacrificed or wasn't sacrificed in the end. The reaction was so extreme, a reaction of fear, a reaction of joy, that she died. Avram Avinu lost one son because of Yitzchak, his wife because of Yitzchak, and the Akedah he almost lost Yitzchak, and what would that have done? And so Yitzchak was an Ayla vis-a-vis Avram. There was so much passion, so much emotion, so much investiture, so much connection that he just couldn't leave. He had to be there. For sure, not long term, but even short term, 
He could not leave. He had to be by his father's side. He just had to be there. I think there's a message here. Of course, it's a message about Yitzchak and his relationship with Avram and his responsibility to Avram Avinu, a responsibility that, of course, he honored. But I think there's a message here about us and our responsibility to our parents. Our parents, to them, were also olos. There's so much investiture, there's so much heart, there's so much passion, there's so much feeling, there's so much expenditure of time and effort and money. So, so much goes into us that we're olos. And we've got to bear that in mind. And if we do bear that in mind, when we reach a point in life where the tables are somewhat turned, and instead of them sacrificing for us, the time has come for us to sacrifice for them, sometimes it feels like a little bit of a burden. Sometimes it's a little bit hard. Sometimes we have to do things we don't want to do, or we can't do things that we want to do. Sometimes we have to say things we don't want to say, or we can't say what we want to say. There are so many sometimes that occur in this very, very important relationship. But if we just remind ourselves that we're olos to them, and that every second counts, and that they were there for us, and we have to be there for them, suddenly what once felt like a burden might feel like a privilege. Suddenly, we'll go ahead and view our relationship with our parents like Yitzchak's relationship with Avram Avinu. We'll place ourselves in the same category. We're not, of course. But that's sort of a barometer. That's something to base our lives on. And once we do that, once again, what had once felt like a burden might very much feel like a privilege. Looking forward to connecting again next week in Mir Tzashem.